Anything pre-Krakoa? I think that's mm-hmm. like un- the uncanny era. Mm-hmm. Pre-Krakoa. <laughs> a different time. A lot of people weren't there. A lot of people lot weren't of people there. Okay, but if you were there, you were <laughs> if you there. Were there. And it's not what too late I... to go there, you know? It's you not... can always go on Marvel Unlimited and check out all that stuff. Um, it's fine. If, you know, and I think I think a lot of people will eventually do it who just got into comics and are coming into things. I think when you look at a lot of older stuff, it can feel very dated. It looks very different. Art was different. It's very wordy. They used to talk a lot back then. A lot. Yeah. But I think as people really start to get into these new characters and find their favorites and do like whatever, they'll eventually go back and see it. At least for yeah. them. I like I've re- I'll never forget. I feel like that is like the bread and butter of just comic reading in general. The book isn't there just to be read once. When I like first really started getting into Betsy and I would go. Like, to another relaunch. I am standing queen Potira of the Esquacida tribe. <laughs> oh, okay. Boom. And I am Forager or Fred Bug with two Gs. Oh. Oh, because you have been re-watching Young Justice, haven't you? I have been. Quality show. Storytelling is fantastic. Good. Really, really yeah. good. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, although it's been cold here in LA, <laughs> it's been real cold. What do you, cons- what do you um, consider cold in LA? Like 60 degrees. Well, oh, like yeah. sometimes a high of 70. That's cool. Well, it's been really nice in DC. We've been like in the high oh. 70s. Okay. It's been real cute. Like spring has sprung, but the pollen is out. I was walking to the grocery store the other day, the cars, they were yellow. I was like keeping my mask on. We're not doing this. <laughs> It is so wild that like masks are like not a thing anymore, <laughs> you know. <laughs> For who? Or like For or like mandatory anymore? <laughs> oh, you know? I, yeah, no, that's kind of crazy. I mean, but you know, it was really interesting because even when they were mandatory here, I remember we took a road trip, me and some friends, to Tennessee, and we had stopped in like a uh, part of Virginia, and they had a sign right on the door, and it was like mask optional. It was like, do what you want. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, wow. Like, this is crazy. I was like, well, I'm going to keep mine on. You guys are okay. fine. And, but it's like, I also thought about that recently just in terms of, like, life pre-pandemic about things that we would do and, like, how kind of normal was. I Because, you know, I've been doing a little summer shopping. I need to get ready. I want my thighs out. So I've been looking for some cute shorts and stuff. And mm. so I haven't been to the mall in a, in a really long time. And I was going to go. And I was like, ew. I was like, the thought of, like, trying on some shorts at the mall right now. I was like, who else has had these on? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then you're, like, in there with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And it's just like, ew, this is nasty. And it's just like, but, you know, I didn't think of any of those things before the pandemic. I'm just like, oh, of course I'm going to go here and go try these shorts on, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm just like, mm. So now I do all my shopping Mm. online. So. Same. Well, send us the link to where you found the shorts because I'm always looking. I haven't found any good ones, but you know, I kind of got big thighs a little bit, so. Oh, I know that's right. 
I know they heard that. <laughs> and let's get into the comics of the week. <laughs> and we will start up with Eternals number, what was this, 11? Yes. 11. 11, yeah, 11. From Kieran Gillen. And we had a different artist this week. I got to go back and double check who that is. It was, I'm sorry if I mispronounced their name. It was Kayui uh, Villanova. Oh, but Matt Wilson was on colors. I love Matt Wilson's colors. He's it. Yeah. Um, but this was a, this issue was a little bit different from some of the regular ones that we've been having. There was still, I feel like Eternals has been a very big story about political intrigue and like building the background and all this. And this one felt a little bit more superhero fanfare, which I was actually really yeah. into. Um, yeah, have, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Avengers and the Eternals kind of clashing um, at their headquarters with Kingo. He's pretending to be somebody else. And while he's doing that, Thena, Icarus, and Gilgamesh are trying to protect this town that is about to explode from a plasma gas vent underneath them, done by Thanos and Druid, because evil likes to do evil things. And then they're all getting together. And I actually really like this dynamic. And you remember you were saying you were kind of bored with comics because you felt like, you know, nobody's got that, like, mm, with each other. They're mm-hmm. not, like, saying nothing. Here we get a lot of that. And I yeah. really... Listen, I'm it. always... I love being proved wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shut me <But> up. <laughs> it was good to see. I also like the way that Gillen writes the Eternals and, like, that clash with uh, Captain Marvel and Phoenix as they continue to call her throughout this book. And Thor... <laughs> <laughs> and Iron Man was that throughout this issue, he's kind of reminding you like the Eternals are powerful. They have all these different abilities, strength, telepathy, uh, invulnerability, blah, blah, blah. But like here they are facing these Avengers who are equally, if not stronger than them. And so they still also mm-hmm. have people that they can struggle against and they're not like they're powerful, but they're not unbeatable. And I think that's a really nice way to do them. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool way, the way that they move that town by, like, putting it in that pocket dimension and, like, moving it and having their narration say, you know, we always talk about how strong the Eternals are, but just how strong is an Eternal? We know they have super strength and what they can do, but just how strong is it? And to see them do those kind of stuff was a really cool thing to really prove how strong they really are. Hmm. Um, I loved that Black Panther instantly knew <laughs> that Kingo was not who he said he wasn't, that he knew he was an Eternal. Um, and so the, and the fighting style that he had with with them was really cool to see. Um, yeah, I like the issue a lot. I like the art. I like it too. Um, it seems as though the next issue is going to be the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's been made official yet, but I think that that's going to be the end of the series. Um, I think I had seen something on Twitter where, where Gillen said that, you know, obviously it's all up to Marvel, but to what happens after that, or what this can kind of turn into with the for the Eternals. So stay tuned to see. But I've been liking the kind of relaunch and rebirth that they've been giving with the Eternals. I necessarily um, have like a, a strong fondness to this group of Eternals, but I'd like to learn mm-hmm. more about like the like the the mythos of all of them and, and mm-hmm. learn more about maybe there's other ones out there that yeah. I hadn't seen yet. So. I think this book does a really good job at like branching them out. It'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens after Judgment Day, which I feel like, again, is kind of an Eternals event. And mm-hmm. if that relaunches them into a new book, springboard something else, uh, where they go. It's yeah. been fun. What would you rate this issue? Um, I would give this issue a four out of five. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I like the art and the colors and the fighting. You know, 
I'm a sucker for the superhero fight stuff. Uh, so I liked it. Again, I also uh, I liked the world building that's happening for the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I agree. I'd you? give it a four out of five. I'd give it a four out of five. Solid issue. Lots of really good things happening. This is a good Eternals book. Yeah. Cool for them. Good for them. Next up is Wonder Woman number 786, and that's from Michael Conrad and Becky Coonan. And Becky Coonan also does the art with Rosie Camp. And um, it is the Trial of the Amazons part five. And I, I really like this issue a lot. I know you kind of tapped it out, but yeah. this is like, I'm <laughs> loving this event. I don't know what it is. I just think like the, the coming together of all of the different tribes of the Amazons, there's like this big threat that came from Doom's doorway. So the contest is about to start. All the girls are there, um, Philippus, Yara, Donna, and Diana, being her own independent little person, are in the midst of it. We're about starting there. This is a big explosion. They get trapped underground, and, like, all of the Amazons are like, what's going on? They start accusing each other of sabotage. They start fighting. We find out that something is kind of, like, influencing them. From the background, there's this dark presence that is here, and they don't know. And so then all the girls who are on the competition, they're in this cavern. They're trying to figure out a way to get out of it. But, like, as they're going through, they're kind of, like, having those moments you know one of the things that has happened since donna returned from like the new 52 way which was like not very well done is that she's had a really bad relationship (laughs) she's had like a really (laughs) bad relationship with diana and the amazons because of like how she was created as this dark evil clone thing of diana and they like treat her badly and like she shows some of those frustrations like she talks about how she has to do this for Nirvana because they've like accepted her and like Diana's saying stuff to her she's like girl you don't gotta pretend to care about me now and like Philippus is like (laughs) you know and so then you have Yara there and Yara's kind of like I'm just new to this I'm just happy to be here I'm not gonna lie Um, and you have like Donna being herself and just trying to lead everybody and be in everybody's head. But you know, it, through it all, it's like a little bit of a trial by fire. They end up coming to fight um, this big snake woman character. I gotta find her name. It was like Mother something. She was a lamprey. She was hot. She was hot though. Big green oh, snake skin, okay. like at fangs. Real cool little beast thing in the cat. Medusa kind of thing. Yeah, that's what it felt like a little bit. Um, but she, you know, she had beef with Hippolyta from back in the day. She said she had been down there for a while, and so they fight her. And like while they're fighting her, they like have their moments of coming together. We got panels of like Diana and Yara charging with each other, and Philip is helping Donna. And she, Donna's like, you know, why are you helping me? And she's like, girl, you're Amazon. It don't matter. Get over it. <laughs> Whatever, you know. And so it was just like. A really good issue for them i felt like and now we get to it they've managed to get out of it however diana is stuck in the cavern and now the queens are like chaos is here we got to figure out what's going on let's get to it so the next issue cassie's coming back into the picture she's going to reveal who killed hippolyta mm. yeah so we're sticking and moving okay it's hot I'd give it like a four out of five. I think the art was really cool. I think the story is moving. I like all of the girls involved. I'm really excited to see like how this continues for the Amazons and everything that's going on. I know Nubia is going to have her coronation book coming out, I think, in May. So 
that's happening. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what happens with Yara. I know she's going to be a big thing in Dark Crisis. Shout out to her there, which I don't really know if I'm going to tap into yet. I'm kind of like over events right now. I think I'm excited for it, kind of. I kind of want to kind of want to tap into it. I'm really interested to see what that whole uh, Nightwing versus Deathstroke fight um, oh, and to see how the Justice League dies. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I'm interested to see. I'm gonna tap in for sure. That's gonna, you know, I just like I said, I think I'm just like, cause I think about that and also the way I'm not really excited for um, Judgment Day. Mm. I think I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I want to see that too. <laughs> they got me with that with the tie-in issue with Exodus on the cover. Psh, I'm uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We and the and the X Men are gonna be involved with Lorna and the X Men too, so I'm there. I think it'll be fun. I'm just and that's not like everyone wants a little fun all the time. Anyway, speaking of fun, our next book up is X Men number ten, and to, uh, this is from Jerry Duggan and Javier Pina. He's on art this way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell the art was Javier Pina. Um. So this was a. Wolverine focused issue and it opens where you kind of explain why she is able to well, I'm sorry, why she has adamantium claws. So if you recall, she did die during the vault um, you know, scenario, and then they had to resurrect her. They're showing when they resurrected her that Proteus accidentally gave her uh the adamantium skeleton and mm-hmm. um he was like oh i thought all wolverines are supposed to have that they were like no only her claws were supposed to have it so uh that's kind of how they are explaining mm-hmm. how she also has a full adamantium skeleton um we see that the x-men have done a full scan of phobos the moon on <clears throat> that is the moon of Araco. And while doing this scan they learned that there's some adamantium up there and for some reason it's in this box um, on a, a live person. So Wolverine is like, I'm going to go get this because in her mind, she thinks that it's one of the clones of her, like a Gabby or something that somehow Phobos mm. got something of theirs of her. So she's like, I'm going to go take care of this. And uh, the X-Men start making bets on how long she's going to last before she gets caught. Um, and while she's up there, she's like, you know, I feel like they wouldn't have asked Wolverine this. Like she asked him, like, you know, they wouldn't have, you wouldn't have asked Wolverine or you wouldn't have like placed bets for Wolverine. And Scott yes, was like, would've. yes, he would have. <laughs> Scott was a uh, Cyclops <laughs> said, yes, he would have. We, he would have been the first one to, to, to take the bets. Um, like, girl, ain't that your so, daddy or something? You don't know. <laughs> she is. I think we're talking, we're looking into it, how she's kind of filling in for the, the shoes of Wolverine and how they, how it's all kind of affecting her. She's still on that? I don't know. Um, so either way, by the time she gets to where the adamantium is, it turns out that it is um, Lady Deathstrike. And oh. they end up about to have a fight. And before they have one, Laura's like, let's not fight unless you want to have this. You want it to happen like a last time. <laughs> and um, they end up fighting she anyway. Last time. <laughs> she truly did. She did. Um, she did that. They end up fighting again, and once again, Laura clear. And um, I, it turns out that I guess that uh, Lady Deathstrike was she had the adamantium bonding process happening to her, but she's suffering from poisoning from it. So they end up taking her back to Kokoa and fixing it. But I could have swore that like her dad 
Didn't her dad invent the process? Yeah. I could have sworn Lady Deathstrike's like dad invented the process and like perfected it. So I don't know why she would why Stop. she would have poison. Yeah. And she's a cyborg. And I think that was like a big part of the reason why it didn't. Yeah. Because of like her cyborg and the way they, part. They talked about the cyborg parts and how they told her or Phobos or the the uh, Orcus let her know that they couldn't help her because she was more cyborg than human anyway. So they just had her in that box. Um, but still, I wasn't really sure about the whole adamantium poisoning for her anyway. But um, they, they end up to getting keep a good caught. woman down. They end up getting caught, and um, Jean finds out by reaching out telepathically. Lorna ends up being shown that she won the bet on how long Wolverine was going to last in there, which I thought was a cute moment. Um, Rogue ends up flying out to kind of rescue Wolverine because when they got caught, they ended up getting launched into space. Um, We also end up getting a nice moment, interesting moment, I should say, between Rogue and Destiny. Uh, Mm -hmm. Destiny meets with her and she says, you know, you need to leave this team. Um, And she's telling her, you know, I've seen some things that bad things that happen. And Rogue is like, I'm not like listening to that right now. You're wasting your gifts on this. Um, instead of, like, doing good for people. So Rogue leaves. Um, hmm. And um, and lets her know that, you know, you know it's going to be a shame when you end up coming right back to me because I know what, what happened, yeah. so. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure, sh- I mean, that's interesting. I didn't think they were going to go the kind of, um, I guess, I don't know if it's antagonistic relationship with Rogue and Destiny, but, like, so tense. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I see what you mean. I thought it was going to be like a softer. I mean, because I feel like I feel like that was always something they tried Mystique. to like emphasize in the past of like Destiny was a little bit softer with Rogue than like Mystique was and her methods, and they were like really close. So it's interesting. I mean, I don't hate it. I actually still think that's a little bit more interesting. But I'm just I, uh, think so too. I wasn't expecting it. Maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, it's different. I like it. Um. So yeah, that was the issue. Pretty fun low-key kind of issue the mm-hmm. next one is going to be the the girls on going to game world so we'll see what's going on there which turns out that we they find out how to get to game world from rocket raccoon because mm-hmm. i don't know how but rogue and rocket know each other and they're I mean, friendly she's an avenger oh that's fair yeah I guess that's fair. That didn't make sense to me when I was reading it, but that makes sense now. I guess she was. Like, she's Rogue. I mean, she's like Rogue. I feel like Rogue is kind of like, we've talked about it. She's a big superhero. I feel like everybody yeah. knows. Rogue is that girl everybody gets along with. Yeah. She's the it girl. <laughs> she's great. Kinda. I, I wish. I just wish that, like, I really will always say that I wish that they focused more on her powers than trying to give her someone else's. Mm. I think she's cool with with her own. Uh, but that's me. I would give the issue overall a 3.5 mm-hmm. out of 5. Sometimes the art was a little um, dark at moments. Um, mm-hmm. I wish there weren't so many inks. But that's more my own personal taste. But I still like the issue. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for okay. the next one with the girls going again. Yeah, that should be a fun issue. Girls' night out issues are always good times. Yeah. Yeah, put okay. the heels on, use your powers. I'm excited to see. All right, let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we'll come on back. <laughs> let's do it. 
actually really liked X of Swords. I got to go back and read it. I I think I enjoyed it. They try and shade it, but it was great. It did what needed to be done. And it relaunched, like, the second era of Krakoa with Araka. It gave me sword. Hello. (laughs) Mutants in space. You know, I'm all up for that. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the panel section of the show. And this week, I'm going to uh, take a little bit of a character spotlight on one of my character favorite characters. I know I say this a lot, but, like, <laughs> I really do love this character. <laughs> that's not a bad thing though. Like you should love characters. Like that's good. That's okay. Yeah. I really do. Um he is probably my favorite of what I call the Sun Brothers. And this is going to be over Neil Shara Thunderbird, which Ooh. he needs a new code name. Mm. Let's go ahead and start there. We need a new code name. Um he does need John Powell Stark can keep Thunderbird. He can have it. It's his. <laughs> you know, he he started it with it. You can keep it. Um, <clears throat> but um, I first was introduced to Neil back in, wow, 2000, when I was like 10. And um, you know, Extreme X-Men was going on. That was uh, written by Chris Claremont with art by, uh, I think, oh, man, I forget who was doing the art on Extreme X-Men. But, um, yes, Salvador La Roca. Yes, yes, La Roca. That's right. Um, great stuff then too. I remember I've been like have so many like vivid memories of reading Extreme X Men. Shout out to my dad because that was on his pull list. <laughs> that was what he was doing at the time. Um, and I think that was around the time when I was actually just getting into the X Men and into comics, um, or into current comics, I should say. Uh, when I started reading, I don't know when I was like five or six. My dad mostly just gave me like the the Phoenix Saga and uh, these like older 80s books, but um, around when I was like 10, I wonder, I have to go back and ask him because I wonder if he like stopped reading comics and then like mm. they must have been relaunching something. You know how they do this to us now? <laughs> and yeah. like he may have been off, may have been off of a book for a while and they did some relaunch or something and that got him hyped. I'm going to ask him if that was what yeah, that'd be interesting. That's what I'm always jealous when you talk about your stories with your dad reading comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he got me into this stuff. It's I find it funny that like I'm sure there were certain characters probably me to get into, but I always like the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <girl>. Um <laughs> but with Neil, I actually really enjoy Neil because again, I'm a big I've always been a pretty big energy character kind of person. Um <clears throat> and Neil is a mutant with the power to generate uh, solar plasma and he can shoot these plasma bolts and also fly, which I really thought was dope. He is uh, from uh, Calcutta. He was actually the first Indian X-Men on the team. So I thought that he's like the very first one, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, He's got a really like connected past to a lot of very important uh, X-Men characters. So he... He is a supposed to be a very good-looking man. He's from Calcutta. His parents, his parents have this like big tea farm, but his dad is also a like the chief of police. And uh, his brother was a reporter, and he was checking on these like disappearances that were happening to people. Um, <clears throat> and the dad was like, you know, I've got some police officers on it. Like, don't worry about it. And Neil felt like he wasn't doing enough, so Neil decided to go off. He didn't feel like his dad was doing enough. So he decided to go out and look for his brother on his own. His dad had um, a woman by the name of Karima uh, Shapindar, 
to uh, follow after him, who we know to be Omega Sentinel. Mm. Turns out when they were on the track, they ended up finding their brother, and he was actually being turned into an Omega Sentinel by one of my favorite villains, Bastion, at the time when he was doing, I think it was Operation Zero Tolerance was the name of the event, um, where Bastion decided to just go after all the mutants. And he turned his brother into a Omega Sentinel, and he also ended up turning uh, Karima into an Omega Sentinel. So that's actually where she got her start for those who may have recently just read Inferno or any of the stuff that's going on, um, but that was in Hoxpox or a lot of that was going on in Krakoa, really. <laughs> She's like mm-hmm. a part of She's a pretty big character. Um, <clears throat> before she turned, Karima and Neil were like, kind of in love while they were going on this investigation looking for Neil's brother. They had fallen for each other and she fought off her Sentinel programming in enough time for Neil to get away because while they both were about to be turned into Sentinels, uh, Neil's powers activated and that's what stopped him from being turned. She ended up actually becoming fully turned. She just tried to fight it to let him get away. She couldn't save his brother. He ended up dying while he was a Sentinel. And uh, Karima ends up becoming an, a villain, basically. And uh, uh, Neil ends up be- joining the X-Men. So his ties to join the X-Men happened because his family is very affluent, and they actually ended up being family friends with Moira McTaggart. So um, when his powers activated, he ended up going to Moira to kind of have tests run on him and to learn more about his powers. And, of course, that's where he ended up meeting the X-Men. Um, now we know... Who knows what Moira was doing <laughs> at that time. Okay. But <laughs> all of these, like, rereading old books and seeing Moira pop up, like, completely gives a different context to her. And uh, sometimes it really works, though, because... Mm-hmm. She says like, little things sometimes that make you think, like, yeah. oh, she's got a secret. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or, like, I'll never forget there was one issue where I read something and... Uh, she was having a conversation with Charles and Storm walks in and they stopped talking. And um, Storm was like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And they were like, oh, don't worry about it. And (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy how that that reads a lot differently now. Um, But anywho, Neil ends up joining the X-Men because he wants to train with his powers. And he also has a very, like, adventurous kind of spirit to him. He was the, he was being written kind of like, Havoc during the Outback era, but with all, all the messing up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the one thing about Neil is that his powers, because they are the plasma of the sun, a solar plasma, they can like, kill people. And he has mm-hmm. to really know how much output he needs to put without damaging anyone. And I know that that was also a big thing for Havoc, that he always his powers is going to kill someone. So uh, Neil has a very similar thing where he's like, you know, I can't really use my powers on people. I kill them. On top of uh, he has a kind of a no kill rule already from his own religion. Um, But he does want to help and be a part of the X-Men and uh, really push the the mutant uh, agenda. So uh, he ended up joining the X-Men and while there he fell for another woman. (laughs) Uh, Miss Bessie Braddock, and at the time, <laughs> she had. <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to um, air my sister out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, she he popped up on the team, and 
sparks flew instantly for them. Uh, they were rolling around in the snow, and then Betsy's man showed up, and they had this- <laughs> <laughs> you know. Betsy ended up, I think, breaking it off with Angel and letting him know, you know, first of all, I can look at whoever I want to. Um, actually, let me well, take that back. Angel dumped her. Yeah, he he dumped her, but she did still say, I can look at whoever I want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so she was, you know, cheating a little bit. It was, it was, it was starting a little something. But they ended up getting together and they were really cute and coupley for a while on the team before Betsy ended up dying in combat against Vargas while they were looking for the Destiny Diaries because the Extreme X-Men kind of broke off from the regular X-Men while the Destiny Diaries uh, story was kind of going on. Storm decided to leave the X-Men, lead her own team, and look after these because they didn't really want Xavier to get them because Xavier is not the the nicest man. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, he was with the Extreme, Extreme X-Men. He really got to train with his powers. He trained a bunch with Psylocke before she died. Um, he also trained a bunch with Bishop, who was on the team, and really tried to show him how much you can hone your abilities, even though they are very dangerous, um, that you can really use your abilities in, in other ways. I think it was really cool where he used the solar plasma that he generates and he made this like really cool ball and threw it into a group of people. And, you know, I think he I forget who was next to him, but they said, you know, that's going to kill all those people. And he's like, that's not the plan, actually, because it's I've made the plasma so hot that it's going to ignite the air and cause a concussion like wave to happen. So we basically mm. make like a grenade without hitting people like an air grenade, basically. So I thought it was really cool where he found different ways for him to really be effective on the field yeah. and for his team um, when he's fighting something that can't be killed. Uh, other times when they were fighting robots, he would go all out. <clears throat> so at the end of Extreme X-Men, or his time on Extreme X-Men anyway, he um, ended up leaving the team after they kind of saved everyone from Vargas and from uh, this enemy con that came over. I definitely highly recommend like the first 20 issues of Extreme X-Men out there for people. That was, was good really- modern Claremont. That was some good. It was. Right that, was good, that was good Claremont right there. Um he ended up leaving the team because they had some new members that joined lifeguard and her brother and her brother slipstream and uh her brother freaked out after finding out that they were also shiar and uh lifeguard needed help finding him so uh thunderbird you know decided to go with her and kind of do that so that was the last time he was actually seen pre-krakoa um also, I think sometimes people may get confused with his powers versus, you know, a sunspot versus a sunfire. And mm-hmm. when did I look at, you know, sunspot literally becomes a sunspot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and he gains like the strength or whatever, but I think he has to activate his powers or be in that, that form to use them. Sunfire and sun, oh, my son, uh, my suggestion for a code name is Sunwave. <laughs> 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 Sunfire I like Sunwave, bro. I really? like that. Space. I mean, I feel like, because obviously the name Thunderbird doesn't work for him. I really kind of wonder what the basis of Claremont giving him that name was. I think he just liked it. Didn't he create the original Thunderbird? No. That was before his time. That was, oh, um, yeah, that's right. That was, um, Lin Wine. That's all, all new. Yeah. Yeah. Giant size. 
Mm. I don't know. Maybe he just liked. I don't know. Maybe he just liked it. That's weird. It didn't. Not, it doesn't like, really fit his. That's hot. It's different. I can't think of like any character's name Sunway. It's hot. I don't know if that's out there. It's his. Pick it up, Marvel. I'm um, into. I, I think that the difference between his powers and Sunfire is that, uh, if you look at the sun, Sunfire basically produces like the fire that is coming off of the sun that you see, and uh, Neil can generate the actual like the core sun, the plasma parts of it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they are like two halves of a whole sun. Did you like the 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 X Corp stuff and like him kind of like interviewing for that mm. position? Not really. Um, I didn't really want to see him in like a boardroom or like doing that kind of stuff. That seemed kind of like the opposite of where he was as a character prior to being on Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Um, while he, they were kind of putting him with X Corp. Because I was gonna say the, the X Corp thing, I remember they were like building up to him, and kind of like getting into the business aspect of it, and like setting up the different facilities and stuff. Yeah, but it felt like um, shelving. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that's fair. It felt like shelving, and it did feel like when he was talking about X Corp in Extreme X Men, it felt more like he wanted to be like out on the field bring helping mutants in some way as X Corp as the sponsor for whatever they were doing as far as missions or whatever. He didn't seem yeah. as though he wanted to be on the business side business. of stuff. So he wanted it to be like like a rescue group. Exactly. A rescue that kind group. Kind of type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, like a like a Red Cross situation. Exactly. Something like is more okay. something he was looking for. You know, his his dad was a chief of police, um, and you know, he fell for Karima, and he fell for really into the whole like X Men adventure kind of stuff. I think he was more aligned to the adventure and rescue stuff than just trying to be in a hmm. office. Okay. If you um, so if, if X Corp had a adventure had an adventure team, then sure. <laughs> then he could join, them. but he can't be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so I guess like knowing that he's on Krakoa, at least it gives a lot of weight. I feel like one thing that Krakoa has been doing a really good job of is not kind of just showing characters once. Like if we see them doing something prominent, I feel like we'll see them again at some point in time. I can't say when, but like they will pop up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that, that 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 leaves a good impression. I feel like yeah, as we've seen him, he's doing things. So I think he could be. Is there any particular book that you'd like to see him in? Uh, not necessarily currently. Um, <laughs> not, necessarily, not necessarily currently. Maybe X Men. That would be fun. Um, okay. But or maybe maybe X Men Red. Oh, maybe Storm picks him up for the Brotherhood again since he was on her. Mm, that could be fun. Everybody wants their favorite X Men Red. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, so maybe he could join there. Uh, but overall, I feel like the book that I would like to see him in doesn't really exist because I think that he should be in a like adventure exploration kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Probably like what, like kind of what Marauders was set out to be, where they were like going around rescuing mutants and like doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> what they never did. That yeah, but they never did <laughs> that. They did it in that one flashback issue. That's not fair. Time. 
<laughs> but I think they're doing it now, but they like went to space right after, so Yeah, they did. I've read that first issue. I it was gonna be it was my first and last. Ah, see? So that's what I'm saying. I think the book that he I would like to see him in just does not exist yet. But who knows? Okay. Maybe there are gonna be more things announced. But I'd like to see him on more of like an adventure exploration kind of thing. Who were like know. his favorite his his favorite relationships that you saw and that you like read and you did any stick out to you that you kind of want to see revisited? I did like him and Bishop together. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked I liked the kind of mentory stuff that he was doing with Bishop on mm-hmm. top of on top of the fact that it also let him use his powers more because Bishop would want to get like charged up and yeah. That's, that's what Neil. That's what Neil could do. Um, so that was really cool. And he would also like, you know, explain to him just different ways that he could use his energy abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. Um, I liked. I think that he learned a lot about like, you know, standing up for yourself on a team from Rogue, because while they mm-hmm. were on the while they were on the Extreme X Men, Rogue was always like, you know, I don't really want to look for the Destiny Diaries. I want us to like do something else, and. Uh, she would just run off and kind of like get some things done, and I think that he was able to to watch her do that and kind of be like, oh, okay, I can do this too. I can do this too. Okay. Mm. Okay. Goatee or no goatee? I don't know. I don't know. Because goatee was hot. Goatee was hot. I think the goatee was hot. I think goatee with the hair that he had in Extreme X Men, yes. Okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna cut shorter, then no goatee. Okay. So Sunwave with the goatee and the hair from Extreme. New and a new design. We need a new costume. And, and, a, and a new costume doing action adventure with the Marauders, but not the Marauders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's update what they were doing in Extreme X Men. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's the team. Maybe Extreme X Men are relaunched with that. <sighs> I did always like the extreme adjective. It's one of my favorites of the brand. Maybe I'm not gonna lie. Maybe that's the team. I love it, but I don't know. Are they? Al- oh, never mind. I was about to say, are they allowing like more than one X Men? But like, no, we've got X Men and we've got X Men Red, so you can have extreme X Men now. We're really not getting uncanny back. I don't necessarily. I don't think so. It. I just think it's interesting. I think that's now like indicative of an era over anything else than a brand. I feel mm-hmm. like. Un- Uncanny X Men now represents like pre Krakoa. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. It's the it's the Uncanny era, and then I just remember during Hoxpox, that's kind of what he called it, like in a Hoxpox. better way, than, in a better way than I said it. But I remember like when they were going through the timeline, they showed like you know the Uncanny era, mm-hmm. um, and it was. Everything oh, else. I think I remember that. It was like there was Uncanny, there was New X Men, mm-hmm. where like Grant Morrison came on, um, but there were four. I remember one being called like the Lost Era. But either way, I think like that entire section, anything pre Krakoa, I think that's mm-hmm. like un- the Uncanny Era. Mm-hmm. Pre Krakoa. <laughs> a different time. A lot of people weren't there. A lot of people lot weren't of people, there. Okay, but if you were there, you were <laughs> but if you there, were there, it is not too late time. to go there. You know, it's you can not. always go on Marvel Unlimited and check out all that stuff. 
Um, it's fine. If, you know, and I think I think a lot of people will eventually do it who just got into comics and are coming into things. I think when you look at a lot of older stuff, it can feel very dated. It looks very different. Art was different. It's very wordy. They used to talk a lot back then. A lot. Yeah. But I think as people really start to get into these new characters and find their favorites and do like whatever, they'll eventually go back and see it. At least for yeah. them. I like I've, I'll never forget. I feel like that is like the bread and butter of just comic reading in general. The book isn't there just to be read once. When I like first really started getting into Betsy, and I would go back, or even you know when I would talk about deep dives with characters that I do, like reading Enchantress stuff. Yeah, some of it was absolutely ridiculous. They beat her once because she like tripped over a knife, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it also kind of like makes you really appreciate where the character has come now and you just mm. get to see a different version of them and it really brings certain characterizations or certain things to light and you can look at something there were things that were happening over in Excalibur that I would be like oh what but then when I went back and reread some of that like super old Captain Britain stuff that she was in I was like oh that makes sense makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely think sometimes you gotta go back but check it out. Neil was fun, though. He could come by. He should bring Lifeguard back, though. Oh, Lifeguard's fun, yeah. How did you like her powers? Did you like her powers being mixed with the Shi'ar stuff? I thought it was kind of weird, but it was also like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I thought the way she had like that like bird turkey neck thing. I thought that was yeah, weird. Like when, when in the beginning, it was just kind of like her adapting to like save herself and like other people like the actual lifeguard thing I was like that was cool when she first appears and she turns into like the golden goddess colossus thing metal I was like this is a hot design and then they gave her that Mm -hmm. little red costume I was like she looks good and then she turned into into the wings Mm. I was cool she kept the wings the bird part could have left but I like the wings I guess I'll allow the wings that's fine the it's just, and, you know, and it's weird because her and Neil have both shared the fate of kind of getting mentioned a lot throughout different books in different eras, but never actually appearing. Like you said, there was the X-Corp stuff with him. Um, I think he like showed up in something in the background, like during Disassemble. And then I think about Lifeguard mm-hmm. during the Regenesis era, they had put her in that like street team with Dazzler and Boom Boom that we never actually saw on panel. But it was just like, oh, they're always around. <laughs> yeah, they just don't put them in the book. <laughs> they just don't put them in the book. It's like, what's going and I on? I think I think Lifeguard was at the Blue Lagoon and like that big splash page. Uh, with was, all the characters, yeah. King and Queen. Yeah, I do like her a lot though. I wish that um, they didn't take it too far with her Shiar like morphing part. I wish we can kind of maybe streamline that into just yeah. her Lifeguard abilities. Uh, but she's a cool character. Maybe. No, I was gonna say maybe you can get maybe they got together or something because he did follow her and look, try to help her look for her brother. They was having a little thing. She was um she was his they were. after Betsy. It was yeah she was. I didn't want to bring that up because I don't want them together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on from that. Uh, I don't really know who I would put him with actually. I don't think he needs to be with anybody right now. Honestly, the way that Neil, from what I remember reading about him, he's kind of like a flirt in a play. He's very much a flirt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, and that's why him and Bessie got along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, oh, we can have some fun. Very yeah, he's, he's very, very flirty. Because I even think, like, when he was first appearing, he was meeting Jean. He was flirting with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Karima, Jean, Betsy, Heather, Lifeguard. 
Um, he'd be moving through. So I think like that's kind of his thing. It's like the new age gambit, Roberto. Okay. Yeah, it's the sun thing. They hide. It comes with power. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like to see him back on the Kokoa era. So yeah, I just wanted a little spotlight on him or sunlight on him. Boom. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Cool. Hello, hello, hello. I have, and it was amazing. I actually had a hot stone massage. It was like really, really good. I didn't realize that you would be so sore the next day, though. Really? Is it how? Yeah. Well, I've never, I've never had a massage actually. Oh, really? You should, you should definitely treat yourself to one. They feel amazing, like in the moment. Like once you're gone, you feel really relaxed, and you feel it. But it's like, I guess, like the muscles, like resetting and all that stuff. You feel like so stiff. Mm. And just mm. like in pain a little bit, and it's just like damn. So, but like that's the thing because you're supposed to go back and keep doing it, so like you don't feel that type of way. I'm gonna get one. Why not treat myself? Do it. I love that for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to another watch of Moon Knight episode three. And I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna just cut to the chase. I actually like this episode. Damn. Um, I thought that really? I've been enjo- I've been enjoying the show a lot. Again, I, I think like Oscar it. Isaac is <laughs> I think Oscar <laughs> Isaac is like acting immaculately. I think that the CGI is like a little wonky, but again, I personally don't think the MCU as a whole has good CGI. So I'm just kind of like, whatever. I'll take it as it I is. I didn't think the CGI of this episode um, was that bad. I thought it was better than the previous one. Um, I thought the I thought the star um scene was the, cool. the star scene was nice. That was actually really hot. I did enjoy that a lot, and I, I still like uh, Kanshu and a lot of the relationship that are going on. I think Kanshu the girl, actually I, also looks really great. I think he he does look again. He's using all the budget. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I think the girl Layla. I don't really enjoy the scenes of her and Mark, but I do enjoy her scenes with Steven a lot. I think, like, when Oscar Isaac switches over to Steven and, like, him and Layla together, I think, like, that chemistry is, like, off the chain. And they feel like they're really getting along because she sees him as, like, oh, this is kind of, like, probably the guy I want Mark to be and, like, into the things that I'm into. And then Steven's looking at her as, like, oh, she's just this beautiful goddess woman who thinks I'm somebody interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I do hey, also... <laughs> acting down, okay? Like, they were And that was, a, that was, like, one of the parts of the CGI when they were, like, on the boat. Like, I thought that scene was mm. kind of horrible um yeah sometimes i will say they definitely do look like they're there's a blue screen and they're like on a set or something i do and i do still like the way they do the kind of blackouts where who mm. be in the situation it blacks out and then we go and then like something happened we see he's like kill people but then i love the little story in between of like him and steven kind of going back and forth like you're doing this i'm not doing it because we know what that means mr jake lockley is coming now, which one is he? So Jake is like, not, so in the comic books, Jake is the persona he used as a cab driver 
to like get info oh. from the streets. You know, he would like take people around. Um, over the years, they've kind of made Jake the more aggressive personality, where he does a lot of the fighting. So the during the Max Bemis run, Mark actually had a son. Him and I mean, excuse me, not a son, a daughter. Him and Marlene had a kid together, and we find out that it was actually Jake who had the child with Marlene and not Mark. And so Mark didn't even know about it. Mm. But, that's the thing with Jake. They drama, very much so. All with this, <laughs> they um only really try and bring Mark out for like the bad stuff. So like I thought that was a really nice little Easter egg to be like, oh, okay, somebody else is also in here, and then like we now know that like Jake is going to go to the extremes that everybody else is, in, and that's why they scared him. I love me some Jake Lockley, so I was really excited about that. Okay, um, but my main issue with this episode was that it felt very rushed i felt like the pacing was off and it was kind of like moving super quick to get from like point a to point b and then we just like jumped straight over to point g and it was like hold on how did we get here and again i feel like a lot of that is because of just how the mcu formats the shows and it only being six episodes that's why i say i would still kind of love two more so we could like flesh things out a little bit but i feel like i'm hopeful that because we have gotten to the point of g that four, five, and six will seem a little bit smoother in how we get them. Yeah, this may have been the one that kind of just really was the let's get to the point episode, you know, yeah. or let's speed things up. While I did appreciate that in episode one, where like, you know, by the end of the first episode, we were already in the suit. Um, I did also maybe agree that this one did kind of go really fast. I was watching this with a friend and he was like, wait, when did Layla accept that Mark also had Steven and everything like that going on. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> because I could have swore she was just like not I don't even into this. this. Yeah. But all of a sudden she was totally cool with it. It was, oh, bring out Steven or whatever. So that kind of really went by really fast. Um, again, I did think that whenever something happened, like Mark kind of conveniently knew where to go next. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it did feel like they were just kind of like moving the plot along, trying to get towards what I assume would be like, you know, the bigger splashes of four, five, and six. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how the MCU do that? The the penultimate episode is always the one that is mm-hmm. the one that sets it off. Some sort of five will, five will probably see the payoff that three rushed through. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll see. I Again, I'm interested in the reveal of Jake, and I'm interested to see, like, if when Jake does pop up, if he gets his own suit and what it looks like. I have a friend who's, oh. like, super into Moon Knight as well. We've been chatting about it, and in the comics, he has this one suit that has, like, some black lining on it over, like, with white armor almost over top of that, and he thinks that that'll be Jake's suit. Wait, the one suit, did he have it when we reread the um, the Warren Ellis run yes. and he had like the with the like chest plate yes that's oh it. yeah i like that one yeah. <laughs> i want that one to see that his theory is that that one's going to be jake's suit which i I wouldn't be mad at i think that's a really hot one and i was like it works so it was like mark's got this one um steven's got the knight i mean the tux and then jake gets that one that does make sense uh, that one is the more armored one mm-hmm. look a bit more aggressive mm-hmm. um, i did also like i love the moon shape uh cape that he did when he jumped off of that roof yeah. and started to come and fight those guys that looked dope i did That's think that the moon night the moon night cgi looked better in this episode than it did in the previous one mm-hmm. i can give you that as well it was still a little wonky though but we'll see um 
there's still a lot of things I like about the show, and I still like the show as a whole, and I'm still excited to see where it goes. Again, this Moon Knight story is really different from a lot of the stuff that we get in comics. His ones in the books aren't necessarily as attuned to Egyptian mythology in the mm. way that this one is, and like kind of seems. Because this is a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of that, which I actually enjoy. I think it is something that I would have liked to see a little bit more in the book. So I'm interested to see how they explore it here, and even if later, if we get more of that in his books, because we know that MCU synergy loves to rear its ugly head. You know it. You know it. I'm sure there will definitely be some other avatars of Khonshu popping up in the comics fairly soon because they really seem to emphasize that whole thing. There's like a pantheon of all the different gods and their avatars that are on still left on Earth that they're only supposed to observe, though. They're not supposed to get involved in like they don't want to get involved in the affairs of man, which yeah. seems to be a very common theme amongst gods or anyone. Who's which like don't make no sense because they're the best ones of all. I guess like humans and humanity is just beneath all of them. It's like why not? Why not get messy with other gods? We gotta get messy with them. We'll see. We'll see. I'm a, but I, I I do like it. I'm interested to see where it goes. Again, I think the show does a lot of different things. It's mixing a lot of different stories of Moon Knights and kind of putting in here with giving it its own twist. Again, Layla's like a brand new character. Um, we've gotten little Easter eggs. There was a Kang Easter egg in this one as well. Yes, and, mostly on the back of someone. I could, I think there was a mm-hmm. thing of Kang. Yeah, <clears throat> so that would be very exciting. You know, he's lived a lot of lives. People look at him as God. It's cool. He's at Kang is such a, Kang is such an interesting villain because I don't like time travel, but I do like Kang. It's the helmet and the thigh high boots. I do like a thigh high boot. They look yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm still into the show very much. It, it, yeah. I also Chuck- like that we see his suits and we didn't have to wait till the last episode like we did with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I do. I do think that sometimes people aren't giving this show the props that I think that it could that it deserves because there's no girl <laughs> to like obsess over. There's no magic girl. Mm, they love a magic girl. Well, they hated yeah. WandaVision at first, but then they ended up loving it by the end. Once you start showing them powers, that's really all I take. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I personally think, I, I think Moon Knight's, so far, it's been pretty good. I like this episode more than the previous one. Um, I'm not, I also don't have the biggest ties to Moon Knight. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not the super, like, checking for stuff in it. I'm just going along for the ride, you know, kind of how I've been for the MCU so far. They haven't really started touching on all of my faves yet. I'm just going along for the ride. <laughs> you got the Marvels coming up. I think um, yeah. I am. A, I'll never get over that. <laughs> oh yeah, they did you dirty with that one. I do, I am a Moon Knight fan, but I also I think I'm just kind of like taking this as it is. I do like that this feels very far removed from the MCU. It's not a lot of mention. It does feel like its own thing, no. its own pocket, and we're not mentioning a lot of stuff and getting tied in or tied down by other stuff. But they did so. mention Madripoor. Yeah, oh, they did. Which I love Madripoor. So it's... you know, I was here for that. <laughs> they did mention Madripoor, which makes me feel like. Not only have they been there before already, now they're mentioning it. When when we get Wolverine, he's definitely going to be Patch at some point. I think I'm expecting the white suit. Patch, the... Tiger, Tiger, Rose, all them, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting more Madripoor because they do in, they name drop that in this episode. Yeah. And rest in peace to the one guy. I can't remember his uh, character's name, but I know he passed. Mm-hmm. Um from a ski accident, he was in the show. Mm, that was very sad. 
Mm-hmm. Still a great episode though. I um liked it. I I still have my worries about the whole Jewish thing. I don't know if they're gonna mention it anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Which is like it is that's nasty. <laughs> that's wild. I, wow. I can't believe that. That's kind of crazy to me. Maybe Jacob. Maybe they'll try and add it in later. I don't know, but I don't know how they're doing these shows. Like, a lot of these shows aren't getting second seasons. No, and I think so, they've said that this is only going to be a limited series. Like, how did Loki get a second series? Second season. I don't know. People love Loki. They that streamed was... Loki. Whoa. Anyways. <laughs> they, I think they like Tom Hiddleston. That's what that too. Mm-hmm. Didn't he, did he well, date Taylor Swift? He did, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't know how he did that. Good thing, good thing he got out. Um, but no, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting, to, I guess, to see like how they follow up. But like, obviously, Sam is getting Captain America for the movie. But like mm-hmm. with Moon Knight, will they? Ju- but I guess Midnight Suns is still a thing. Oh, that's that definitely coming. Blade and like Blade. Who else is in the Midnight Suns? Ghost Rider, sometimes. Ghost Rider. Doctor Strange. But he might die, so who knows what's going to happen with him. They'll probably put a new magic person in there. I don't know who else is in, like, a supernatural. Oh, Clea. She's coming. Mm. I think. She I deserves. Hope. She does. She's got a new book, everybody. Make sure you read it if you're not strange. It's good. I wonder if they'll... You think they'll, like, roll that into some... Oh, her own solo book? After Strange comes back? Mm, um, I'll say yes. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Definitely let us know if you guys are watching Moon Knight um, and what you think about this episode. Uh, you can catch us on wherever you catch, get your podcast at Another Relaunch. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch us at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. And as always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.